We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. All right, this is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by the Genesis Company coming at you Wednesday evening uh, after the Wolves final score. Wolves 94, Raptors 97, an opening light, night loss uh, in Toronto. I'm here with Kyle Tyge, uh and we're, we're going live here on YouTube. We're going to do this uh, occasionally for some of the road games that I'm not at. So, Welcome to those of you who are uh, listening here live. And thanks for those of you who are listening, tapping in on, on Thursday morning. Kyle, uh, I tweeted this out at one point during the game, or as after the third quarter, the Wolves were up 74 to 73. And at the time, and I think this proved true in the fourth quarter, it was a bad game for the double big look, specifically the, the cat and go bear element of that. Um, Ant was, had an inefficient shooting night. And they got boat raced uh, in transition by Toronto. Yet they lose this game by three. And I just put here in my notes, it was it was one of those games where if they do any of the, if the double big thing is 5% better, if Ant is 5% better, if the transition defense is 5% better, they win this game, I think. And I, I don't know if that is encouraging or concerning are, are, are you with me here are you tracking on on those things are those are those concerning to you or are you like this team is a few small adjustments away from making this work you know what the beauty of wolves back is is that we kind of forget wolves back means like not playing transition defense right like still not rebounding the ball although i will say i was kind of just box score hunting now mm-hmm. anthony edwards had 14 rebounds I knew he yeah. was aggressive, but that kind of stood out. Uh, they actually out-rebounded Toronto 62-47. to Jace said this during the game on Twitter, but uh, they played like a big team, mm-hmm. you know, which is kind of something we've talked about, what, for the last six months. It's like, okay, like, you're big. Embrace being big. Um, I mean, you build up all offseason that this team and their win projections and all this stuff. I didn't come out of that game. I thought they played, like, absolute ass like everything like there are so many things you're like oh that's concerning that's concerning that one i wrote down in my notes and they lost by three you know late three at the end but they never were really out of it so you can kind of go glass half full glass half empty i do want to preface it because then i have a question to just get it started with you 
Jaden McDaniels didn't play. Hopefully he plays on Friday or Saturday. Um, they did not lose the game because Jane doesn't play, although he would have, I mean, uh, Nod didn't really have a shot going. They could have just used his size on Siakam. But I'm curious to just, I've been thinking about this. We've talked about it offline. What if everything the Wolves do works except the starting five? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, do they have the least malleable starting five in the league because you really can't, like, Kyle was awesome again tonight, right? How do you not find ways to close with him? They're just going to have too many guys, and it might we might get to a point, Dane, like December, January, that, and again, this is one loss. Super not concerned about it, whatever. But that you're going to have to really start to think about how you close games right. with one big and then four other guys that can kind of do more stuff. Because I just, I don't know, man, that was my one concern. It wasn't the offense, which I'm sure you can educate us on. It's more of... I don't love how they closed. I just don't love closing with Carl and Rudy right now. Yeah, I, I thought it was kind of a half measure to close with Kyle, but at the three, right? Yeah, like, right. I knew he was going to close with Kyle, right? And so mm-hmm. that that's what provoked me to think. I'm like, okay, is it gonna? Is he gonna bench Rudy or Cat to close mm-hmm. the game? And I think just if you're going off of that one game, you know the of the two, the one who played better was I thought Rudy played a, a really good game. And I think the answer to why they were bad in, in many areas, but this game was close is the half court defense was really good when it wasn't transition, they locked up. And a lot of that had to do with Rudy, but so I was like, okay, well it's going to be Rudy. I feel pretty confident. He's going to close with Kyle. Cause everything was a little scrambled. Right. And then you're like, okay, well, Cat's never not closed a game. I, I think he will do. And there was the trap door of like, okay, Jaden's not playing. We can play Kyle at the three. Not going to always have that option there, but it's going to be interesting, man. Once, once uh, in the games when Jaden is back, and if it, if there are more games like this where clearly the Cat and Rudy together minutes are not good, does Finch does Finch push through there and and still still try to go with it? So tonight. I don't know. I, I feel like if Jaden McDaniels plays and everything else all holds the same, I don't think that Neptunch does close with both Cat and Rudy, but maybe it's all, maybe everything is, is different in the game. Butterfly effect of Jaden's there. Maybe, maybe Ant is more efficient with Jaden out there. Maybe the transition defense is better with, with Jaden playing there. I, I don't think we can make like a strong proclamation about closing lineups when they didn't have one of the five guys who I think is almost always going to close the game. So I just leave it kind of like a question mark. You know? That's that's fair. Also, just looking, again, first game, I, the only reason I would say you'd be concerned is just because it's the Timberwolves, <laughs> right? And you have all this positivity in an undefeated preseason, and they come out again and just – I mean, they, they didn't look like the team you watched in the preseason, and they didn't nope. play really any sort of competition, right? I guess – the Bulls kind of played their starters for the most part. But other than that, you didn't I mean the Dallas Mavericks. I've been pretty vocal. I think are going to be really bad. Um, but just to come out and have the offense look as stagnant. I mean, the turnovers were they only had 14 turnovers, which is the same amount as Toronto had. But their turnovers seemed like they were worth two point like two every time because they were stupid. And every time they turned the ball over, the Raptors just sprinted mm-hmm. like the, every every miss they sprinted. But the Wolves took 100 shots. That's like, I, I'm not sure the last time I saw a team have 100 field goal attempts. So just kind of going through team stats, just because I think this is, I actually think it's pretty interesting. 
Um, they had less fouls than Toronto, 14 for the Wolves, 18 for Toronto. Um, more points in the paint. Um, what else? I think it was the same amount of steals, less assists, which goes back to just the – they completely went away from the Finchian style of offense. Um, 62 to 47 rebounds. Like I said, 100 field goal attempts, more free throws, better free throw percent. They just played – like statistically it looks like they played better than them, but when it came down to little executions like – this one just sticks in my brain, but towards the end there, when you need points and you need probably a three, you have the best shooting big man possibly of all time out behind the three-point line, and he's throwing it to Rudy in the paint yeah. on a dumb turnover. Like, do you see these little things and decisions? Like, I remember when Nikhil got a rebound and he was getting in transition. He tried to throw it to Ant. Ant wasn't even looking. Ball goes out of bounds. Just little plays that didn't really allow them to ever blow a lead up. I think their biggest lead was six. So mm-hmm. everything was just a little... Half step slow again. Toronto, as you and Jace did a really good job. Yeah, it's I mean, a bad matchup. Right? It's a bad matchup. Like, and I know if you're a cynic, you can be like, "Well, if the Toronto's a bad matchup, but For they're sure. not even a good team." Like, I don't know. The, I think the people didn't listen to that. What, yeah. what what we're talking about is what Toronto. The two things, if you look at the Toronto team from last year, which while they have a new coach has a pretty similar roster, basically just swapping Intruder for for Van Vliet. Um, that they, they dominate. The turnover battle that that's something they've done for for the past like three four years that last year they forced the highest rate of turnovers and they turned the ball over themselves at the lowest rate plus they were the most frequent transition team in the league last season like it was as i you know i didn't really start looking into toronto until like the past couple of days i was like ooh, this is going to be a test of how the wolves have gotten better in the areas that they were bad at last year, which are the, cause those are the things um, that, that Toronto is, is good at themselves. So I think it is fair to say that some of this, maybe particularly to the, the cat Rudy double big stuff was a product of the opponent, but it's also fair to say that this didn't look better than the first few games <laughs> right. of last season. Right. You know, I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't take a quick 30 seconds here. Uh, because I'm kind of getting COVID vibes, right? You and I are back after a game yeah. <laughs> with headphones on what appears to be a pimped-out Zoom. Uh, but 427 people right now on YouTube. So shout-out to everyone that is tuning in. I know we're going to try to do this throughout the season, kind of like you said at the top. Just Let's mm-hmm. just get right into instant analysis. And then if you're more of a traditional podcast listener on Apple or Spotify, it'll be out in the morning. Yep. Um, but, yeah, if, if you are in the chat or uh, watching us on YouTube right now, please subscribe. Thanks for coming in i'm gonna start reading the chats here in a sec but uh yeah Cooper, you, you put, in the background if, if you see people uh having questions or whatever maybe later at the end like just flag a couple of them and we'll try and we'll try and yeah, shout out those. cooper carlson he's like our nephew kyle on this bill simmons <laughs> dane moore pod uh but no you, you had a graphic back there that you was like the nba box score yeah uh, that you had on the screen and really everything i was just saying i, I do like looking at team stats it's just kind of it's hard to keep track of all that stuff in the moment. So that's always my favorite tab on ESPN. But what you just said right there, um, that's, that's it. Look at that. Their two best players both had more turnovers than assists. That completely flies in the face of what they did in the, the preseason. And that's probably where all the blame should go. It's like as good as Ant was and as good as Carl was, for those guys to combine for seven turnovers and four assists, the ball was so sticky. The ball just never moved around. It seemed like Ant, who again made a lot of fun plays, was determined to dribble out or around double teams, just didn't have that trust for his teammates. Um, The bench wasn't great. 
right? Shake Milton had a really tough first uh, first go of it in the first half. Obviously, Kyle was really good. Nas had his moments, but um, that's it, really. Let's lock in on Ant. Let's lock in on Ant. Like you got, you got to make you got to make more. You can't Ant can't play that many minutes and have the ball in his hands that many times and have one assist. You just can't do it. If people miss the game um, or the beginning of the game, it sounds weird. <laughs> I, I was not anticipating this a main takeaway after the game that it was going to be a bad ant game or an inefficient ant game. He, he scored the first 10 points of the game. He looked like that special isolation player that a team, even with a bunch of long, good defenders did not have an answer for. And uh, what did he, what did he finish this game with? If he had 10 in the first four minutes, I I can't really see (laughs) my own screen here. It's very small. 26 points on eight of 27 shooting eight of 27 and four of 20, four of 20 from two point range. And and that's the thing, right? With Ant is where does the discipline come in on shot selection? And he's an elite shot maker. He, he, he can be, but everyone is human. And when you're taking more difficult, more contested shots in that two point range, particularly the mid range where he's always not been a, you know, a highly effective scorer that, you know, that's going to be the problem. Obviously it's good to see him shoot four for seven from three. That has to be, and is a special part of his game, but man, I, after how hot he started, I mean, honestly, after the first quarter, I was like, all right, Ant starts hot in that first stint there. Carl doesn't do anything, but he subs out, comes back in for Rudy cats playing the five and he kind of kills it to the end of the first quarter. I'm like, well, you know, all things considered wonky roster, that's a pretty good rhythm. Like, Ant's, Ant goes, Cat goes once he's in at the five, and then it felt like they couldn't ever really get back either of those things in, in a major way, and and also Cat never played better when he was next to Rudy. It was, in, in the first half, I had it down, he... He played eight of his 11 minutes uh, at the four next to, or eight of his 19 minutes next to Rudy at the four. So probably about half his minutes next to Rudy. And I don't, I think the only, I think he only had like five points when playing next to Rudy. One of which was that three point heave with like four seconds left in the game. It, it's just, I, I, I don't know the the biggest thing I'm concerned about leaving that game is like, what? the heck cat and Rudy when you're out there together it was a tough hang it was it was a tough hang and then and Ant wasn't able to kind of be the tide that carries all right whatever all boats you know like <laughs> oh, it, we've it, lost you he just sure. only he only was for the first five minutes really uh Jared Martinson who is a homie and does uh good work for Canis said that the Wolves starting line tonight shot a true shooting percentage of 38.2 percent while on the floor together um not a huge uh advanced numbers guy, but I know that's bad and that that shouldn't happen again. Um, I was just kind of, again, just running around all these different stats. The Raptors shot 14 of 35 from three for 40%. Wolf shot eight, 31, 25%. The Raptors were 29th last year, 28th, 28th last year in three point percentage. So I, I, I want Coop just said that the, the chat was upset. Uh, if you're upset about that loss, you should be because like, Again, this 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 is a new well, level. Upset that's... about the loss of it. Upset about about. They us might be, being upset yeah, they might be upset about us. Um, no, th- this this is this is different now, right? Like, yeah, you have a pick in eight or nine months. You know, you got a lot of talent. Your guys are signed, but like, 
these are the types of games that I'll, I'll say it because I'll, I'll take the blame. You, you, you can give them an excuse in October. We are still like six days away from Halloween. But this is a type of stuff that you've also, a lot of these guys have done over their careers, especially guys like Carl and Ant, just weird decision-making in big spots. You got to clean that up sooner than later mm-hmm. because this Western Conference is going to be a bloodbath where it's like, we'll forget about this game probably if you come back home and, and rebound literally uh, and make some more shots. But there's just, there's just too many times in that game where those, and that's why I go back to that weird question at the top again Nikhil starts for Jaden tonight that looked successful in the preseason but when Nikhil's not very good and he missed I think every shot he took except for one he missed all three threes it just that's another thing it's like okay we're already kind of clogging up the spacing by playing two guys that are 600 pounds we got to be able to hit threes when they're open in the corner and not having Nikhil do it not being able to get really anything out of Troy Brown Jr. Uh, Shake was weird so I think if you kind of start to peel it back and have a drink or six, like maybe just make some more shots. And that's what Grady said on the call, right? He's like, you know, Toronto's kind of shooting the piss out of the ball. And if Minnesota could have made a couple more, but it's also, if you're a coach or you believe in the old school coaching philosophy, like had they have hit a couple more threes and they would have snuck that one out. Would you have felt that much better about it? (laughs) Because I don't think I would have. Yeah, no, but but then it goes, but it can go the other way too. Where you're like, all right, we won despite all the sure, sure. red flags. So yeah, I, I don't know what the the right direction is there, and it, I, I think probably it's to look at the things that were really concerning, which I think we did, and to also highlight the things that were really good, and ask ourselves which ones were more sustainable, and to take the positive spin on it. I kind of mentioned this with Rudy, but the defense, the, the defense, the rim defense, when Toronto wasn't in transition, it was a half court set. They locked up the last season. These numbers up here somewhere last season, the best half court defense was Memphis and they allowed 93.6 points per 100 plays tonight. The wolves, the wolves allowed 72 points per 100 plays in the half court. So it was, it was an elite number in the half court there. The issue is that the Wolves themselves only scored 76.3 points per 100 possessions in the half court as well, right? So it's we know this team is a very good half court, a very bad transition defense team, but was last year a very good half court defensive team when Rudy was on the floor. That happened again. So to my question of what was good and what can sustain, I think we can anticipate the Wolves a again, being a really good half-court defensive team because they were last year when Rudy is on the floor, and and we saw that uh, again here tonight. Carl and Ant were 16 of 52 from the field. Uh, I thought Carl finished with 19 points, 10 rebounds. Again, a non, not a sustainable thing. That is not something we are going to bank on on happening You know, going forward. Not Carl, close Carl hit that three right essentially when time expires to mm-hmm. put him at two for 10. Uh, offensively, I thought he was really, really bad. And Except co- for the little bit of time when he was out there without Rudy, man. That was good. Post Can I finish? Can yeah, I finish? Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Except for when he was out there by himself and yeah. he just went play after play posting him up mm-hmm. and just kind of cooking Siakam. But what I was trying to say is offensively as a total package, I thought his 36 minutes were pretty meatless. I thought he was pretty good defensively, especially around the rim. Like, blocks aren't all, but I just thought he kind of held his own down there. He had a couple kind of transition-shifting, momentum-changing blocks. 
Um, in the moment, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you can think of in the moment what you remember him guarding on the perimeter and all that stuff. But I did think, I mean, I don't know. There's not a lot of times when Carl Anthony Towns would have four blocks. So I thought that was kind of nice to see. But the offensive part, just, I mean, that just, when Ant mm-hmm. didn't have it, you would hope that it could kind of spin to Carl and that would open things up again. And right. that's a horrendous number for those two guys to shoot like that. Yeah. To, well, to the cat defense point, and a lot of times, if I'm being honest, like to really be able to dissect the stuff I got, the, particularly the defensive stuff, I got to watch it again, um, which I will do tomorrow morning. And Britt and I will cool. talk tomorrow afternoon. But what I did have down in my notes about Carl defensively, the first thing I had was, man, they're taking a lot of Carl's guy is taking a lot of threes. And mm-hmm. like, I was kind of like cool with it because mm-hmm. I'm not scared of Scotty Barnes. But then it kind of rotated over to Siakam and it seemed like they were going under a bunch and like they're somewhat willing uh, to allow that. Obviously, I don't know what the, the game plan exactly was there, but I had that written down um, for a defensive note on him. Uh, I, the very first possession, we, we talked about when, when Carl got in there and he started scoring offensively, the very first possession, Toronto ran a pick and roll, Carl's and drop, and they throw it right over his head um, and Toronto gets an easy bucket. So I would say in coverage, he wasn't good. At the rim, just straight rim protector, yeah, um, like rotating the, those sort of things. Yeah, the the four blocks is, a, I think, a pretty good and you know fair way to to assess what he was doing defensively there. Um, I, I don't know if I'd give it like an A for for no, what no, his no, no. for what for what his his defense was, particularly because compared to Rudy, I, I thought Rudy was really good um, defensively tonight. But yeah, that. If it's going to be the stagger thing, right? We know Carl's going to be able to cook at the five offensively. The question then becomes, what do those defensive numbers look like when Carl's out there without Rudy? And you know, obviously that's that's kind of going to be to de- to be determined. It's it's just such a weird switch to flip from being from going what your center is strictly a defensive player <laughs> to your center being almost strictly an offensive player. It those are the things. That can be spun as a positive too. That are going to take time for a group to get used to. That is, it's like it's like driving on an interstate. I always think of back home, like Grand Forks to Fargo. But like if there were just like five different crazy speed limits in that hour drive, like it's like, hey, the speed limit right now is seventy five, and then they sub Rudy on. It's like actually now the speed limit's forty. Like just all of a sudden, <laughs> but it's like in ten miles the speed limit now is ninety five. Yeah. Uh, I speaking of Rudy, I just off the top of your dome, like I thought Rudy played pretty well. <laughs> there was a couple yeah, rebounds that he good. gave up. Then in the moment, I was like, my God, dude, you got you gave up another one. You gave up another one. The Raptors only had eight offensive rebounds. So it wasn't, again, mm-hmm. the rebounding thing, uh, something that has been a bugaboo for this franchise dating back to the Grizzlies series two years ago. They rebounded the hell out of the ball. But it's when Toronto got defensive rebounds or steals that they were just, yeah. I mean, they, they just, it was, that was almost cool to watch in the moment because that's like, they might have been the only thing they said in like pregame stuff. I was like, hey, when we get the ball, just sprint. Just sprint. Well, and it's like a sprint blood down. in the water thing, yep. right? Yep. Once you kind of like, oh, wait, this works. Like, we're going to keep – I mean, that was the third quarter, right? Like, it was just – and the Wolves were turning it over a lot. But you, you can kind of – we saw this last year, right, where some teams, they kind of get a taste of running the Wolves in transition, and then, then they don't stop, right? So then it becomes on the Wolves to, you know, take a stand there. And those are the times where if you're Finch, you got to tell the bigs, like, maybe we're not crashing both, you know? There, there needs to be, I think, adjustments maybe throughout the flow of the game based on how good or bad your transition defense is. 
in relation to how much you're going after the glass. Kyle, let me uh, here do the ticket giveaway uh, announcement. Cool. We yep. are doing, uh, we are giving away two tickets um, for the Wolves um, Wolves Nuggets game. It's the second home game. It's November 1st. Uh, the Genesis company is providing these tickets to, uh, to two Wolves fans who obviously listen to the podcast and are uh, Patreon subscribers. So, for those of you who've been longtime Patreon subscribers, thank you very much. And just send us a message um, on Patreon that you are available to attend that game. We, I mean, everyone loves free tickets, but we only want to give them to people who uh, are able to, to go to that game. I believe it's a Wednesday. Um, so let us know uh, on Patreon. Send us a message that you're available for that. And if you want to sign up for Patreon, patreon.com slash MBA. That should be also uh, in the show notes if you're listening to this uh, the, the next day. You want to get back into rebounding? <laughs> well, no, I, I, I'm just kind of like everyone's watching me, like look to the left of my other monitor. Uh, I really think that that sucked. Like, I was, I was ready to like deflate the dinosaur that I popped up last time to say the Raptors are dead. Um, I thought uh, that's Godzilla I, I, or no, really, or Garzilla. Garzilla. Oh. I really do kind of think that this team has some issues. And Grady said this on the call as well. Like, Chris Finch is going to have a heyday going over the film on this one because Finch is just going to yell at him. And that's, he's got control of that puppy and he's just going to be like, what are we doing here? Why are we not getting back? Why are, I really think the Toronto Raptors, the more and more you look at it and I'm looking like they just hit a lot of shots and how much of that was the defense. Right. But I don't know, man, I just 34 for a hundred is not something as, as you might say, Oh my God, and had 14 rebounds. Yeah. I don't think that's sustainable. I don't think that's something, although I will say one thing I wrote down he just looks like a completely different athletic specimen than he did as a rookie. He can just go and sprint for a while. He used to be so damn tired and hands on his knees. That's great. I mean, that's what you yeah. kind of want from this next evolution of him. But I don't think he's going to get 14 rebounds every night. I just can't see him shooting 34 for 100, man. I can do the math on that. So that's 34%. Like, <laughs> I, I just don't think that's really sustainable. So maybe it's a little more space in the floor. Um, I also, I don't know, the Shake Milton stint, one game, not a big deal wasn't great and i did kind of i don't know wrote down like jordan mclaughlin question mark would that have been a pace changer but they, they rely on kyle so much in that second unit now that it's just they still have a lot of good pieces i don't think you can come away from that being like oh they're not deep nope they're very deep but this is the one thing and we talked about it in our bold predictions and our previous is like finch has to be really good at all the buttons he pushes mm -hmm. game in and game out because he has all the guys to win certain games but he has to make sure that those lineups and those five-man rotations are about as perfect as they can get. And tonight, they stumbled. They didn't get much from their bench. And then when they put the starters back out there, they just kind of deflated. Yeah, and that's the not having Jaden in the game changes what the bench is, right? Definitely definitely not a, a good bench game. We, we did see Troy Brown Jr. Uh, play in this game. That was the ninth guy in the rotation as Nikhil moved into the starting lineup. Uh, they added a wing into the rotation. I don't think we anticipate Troy Brown being in the rotation when, when the season um, is actually going on. But I'm curious to see, and I guess hopeful to to see the the bench play better when Nikhil's part of it, and then maybe Nikhil in turn himself play better. Uh, the shot was was not there for them. Like they seemed in the preseason like a very competent three point. I, I don't that, think this yeah. is a talented three point shooting team. Like I. Obviously, you, Carl is an elite three-point shooter, but as a whole group, I don't see this to be a 
a good three-point shooting team, but that was one of my main takeaways from the preseason. And that's like, well, maybe an average three-point shooting team because they seem confident. And that one corner three that Nas missed by about seven feet, pretty much everyone, every time Nikhil was spotted up, it just, and shake early, like those guys did not look confident beyond the three-point arc. And again, there's probably another one you can spin in a positive direction too, of like first game jitters, this and that, because we did see the group look like a three point shooting team and a confident three point shooting team right. in the so, preseason. Uh, shout out to Coop. He's put all these comments on there that are entertain entertaining the hell out of me on YouTube. But uh, Josh Porman said, feels like the Vikings losing to the Bucks week one. Kind of like that. If you're a Vikings fan, like I know the Bucks have been up and down, but uh, I still, I still, this has nothing to do with optimism, by the way. Like cut that shit. Uh, I just think that they're still really good. And they're going to iron out some of these things. And maybe the Jaden piece, I mean, God forbid he just had his, you know, they had a 120-second press conference today for him. But he just announced his contract. He like, maybe there might not be three teams in the league I'd rather watch Jaden play against than the Raptors. Because the Raptors are a bunch of Jadens, right? Just tall guys that their arms keep a getting A bunch bigger. of Jaden and Nazis. Yeah, right? Uh, OG Ananobi was, he didn't lead the team in scoring. That was Dennis Schroeder, who also, by the way, filled in, like, admirably for Van Vliet. They, they might, they might be good. pretty good with him. Uh, but Ananobi was the best player, shot four for nine from three. But that kind of went back to a couple minutes ago and you said, I think the guy that Carl was on just was making a lot of threes because Carl was maybe a half step off him behind mm -hmm. the three-point line. A lot of those I feel like, if you go back and watch again, was Ananobi hitting them over Carl. That's probably just Jaden on him, right? Like that's just maybe you yeah. can take one of those guys away a little more. But we'll see. It, it's, it's a bummer to not have him because he – is paid to be the best defender on this team and also a glue guy to kind of just keep things going. He can also get out in transition, right? He puts mm -hmm. his head down like his brother and just starts running straight forward. <laughs> but that they missed him tonight. And as much as we're like, well, if Ant ever went down with an injury, like how do you replace him? They did not have a great way to replace Jaden tonight. Nah gave him basically the the bad Josh Hart game. I mean, Nah, nah was still all over the place, but he gave them nothing offensively. It was a minus 17. Mm -hmm. Um Got a couple boards that were nice, but they just need that fifth starter, ideally Jaden, for 81 games to really be able to stretch the floor, keep things spaced, and then also to like throw them on the best guy every night. That's kind of just the shutdown cornerback in him is just mm -hmm. throw him on a guy, throw him on OG Ananobi, throw him on Jimmy Butler on, on Saturday, and hope that that will make everything else around them, sure. the defense, look better. Uh, we'll take some some questions from the, oh. the YouTube comments here shortly. I, I do want to talk about the the matchups and, and how the Wolves chose to match up in this game because, it, as I talked about this week, I was curious to see what that looks like if Jaden didn't play. Um, kind of this is to the Toronto as a funky matchup sort of thing. You remove the Jaden pin from that matchup defensively probably on Siakam, and you go, okay, well, what are they going to – what are the Wolves going to do here? Mm -hmm. Who's going to start is like, do you start Kyle so he can guard Siakam? That was what my guess was. And it ended up being Nikhil who, who started the game. And I thought it was interesting. They put Nikhil on Schroeder guarding the point guard. They want Nikhil at the point of attack. And then they put Conley on Ananobi to be the chaser three point guy. And then they put Ant on Siakam, which when I yeah. was with, with Jace, I said, that's what I want Ant to be able to. I want Ant to be able to take that role. I think he can stand up the big physical drivers that even if when they're when they're taller than him. And I, 
it allows Jaden to not be in that situation. It allows Carl tonight. It allowed Carl to not have to guard Siakam as often. And you put, then you put Carl on Barnes, the non-shooter of the group, the wrinkle in that and why it felt like Carl was defending like air quotes, um, the, as many three point shots is because they, they put him on Barnes, the non-shooter. Well, Barnes clearly spent his whole summer trying to shoot threes so he could start shooting threes this season. And he did. And, and he fired him. So I don't know. It's, it's, um, it's interesting. This, every matchup, I think with this team more than other teams is really interesting in how they decide to, to pick their matchups, given that you're not always going to want to have Carl on the four. If it's a driving four, if it's a running around chasing three point shooting four, how do you, how do you pivot off of that? And I thought, I, I thought it was interesting with the Nikhil that they went with Nikhil, but that they also they didn't put Nikhil on Siakam. They uh, they put him on the ball uh, on on Schroeder there, and I wasn't obviously tracking this throughout the game. We obviously saw Ant on different players and Carl on Siakam and stuff like that sometimes. But how you start a game is usually pretty indicative of what your favorite matchups are, and so I'm gonna keep that saved as we're starting to look at different opponents down the line here with you know, Miami and Atlanta. And uh, I think the next game after that is, is Denver because they're going to have to find a rhythm for that of, of matchups and what that means for Carl in particular, I, I think is, is critical. What can, where can Carl guard best? That is a huge question with this team. Big picture. Now that he's, now that he's playing the four. So Scotty Barnes, Scotty Barnes was three steals away from a five by five. Just a classic, like, Scotty Barnes game. Only three away. He was – oh, I mean, like, he had five blocks. Uh, he, he's a, he's an interesting player. I mean, again, they just have a bunch of Jadens on the team. Speaking of Jaden, he didn't get any fouls tonight, so that's a positive, Dude, I just I guess. do not get why – I mean, I'm, I'm not saying Scotty Barnes is a bad player, but I – Oh, what? I – it is, like, one of those guys where, you know, you're reading articles, you're going on Twitter, and it's one of those young guys that everyone loves. Mm-hmm. And And – to be fair, I'm sure they're probably watching more Scotty Barnes than I am, but it is never, it's just a tangent, like side tangent. Like he has never struck me to be anywhere near as special as the way I have seen him uh, be pitched to me via the the interweb. Like I, I wasn't super worried about Carl guarding Barnes. Like, there that, there that was, was a couple early one. threes where it was like as soon as he was the one. I mean, again, they all are. He shot twenty ten from three last year. Right, uh, and he sh- and he shot twenty five percent tonight, one for four. Look at that. Uh, I when he was taking them, though, you are like, okay, let let him shoot. Right, uh, it was more of like the OG Ananobi, Schroeder, Siakam guys. But yeah, I think the defense thing too is um, they probably weren't banking on not having their starting five. It's one game again, whatever. But I don't know that that, that is something to start to track. Right, is like in games that they don't play Jaden. Do they switch it up? Like, I, I, I did think coming into this game or with Jayden how foul trouble, right? Right, Jaden foul trouble. Like, I thought, well, maybe, maybe I, I woke up this morning thinking maybe Kyle Anderson would start at the three, but Finch must have just loved the idea of having him in that second unit and stuff. But I don't know. I don't think that would have swung the result of the game. But um, yeah, I don't know. Just to, Nikhil didn't really stop anyone. Was undersized at times when he was in his matchup, and then didn't give him anything. And if that's just Jaden in the corner for those three threes, maybe he hits them. Um, again, I just I can't really pivot my brain off of sixteen for fifty-two. Yeah, I, I would. I we might just be a month or a week from now or a month from now being like, remember that one game when they shot 
really, <laughs> really, really bad. Uh, that might just be it. So I things to work on. I'm sure they'll have some different rotations. They just the the shooting and then not to pick on Carl. It's just those are the plays that stick in my head. He had that one that kind of pump faked at the three point line and then slowly dribbled into the paint and was like seven or eight feet away, but still through the lob. It was like a possession after he had tried a floater that didn't go in. Just these little things that we didn't see in the preseason. Uh, and you kept talking about they didn't they shot really confidently in the preseason. They also just played really confidently. And how much of that is because they were shooting confidently. But uh yeah, they just they they resorted tonight to that team that was kind of like I saw someone said that they were soft in the chat. Like they just kind of got punched in the mouth a couple of times and they stood back up, but they never really threw a punch, especially in that second half. Um, and I know that's a loaded phrase there, but they never really threw a punch back, and that's going to have to change as well. So whether that be adding Jaden into the mix or getting Nas more minutes, but um, disappointing result to lose 97-94 in a game that you played pretty bad, but you also really could have won the game. Today's show is brought to you by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You can skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. For me, this time of year, my schedule gets a little crazy in the evening with all the games. So we over here in my household, we will be doing HelloFresh this season. And I like HelloFresh because it saves that time of needing to go to the grocery store but it also keeps what I'm eating fresh, diverse, different things. There are over 40 different recipes to choose from. HelloFresh does all the shopping and meal planning for us. The ingredients arrive pre-portioned, ready to cook, along with pictured step-by-step recipe cards. Those help me. I'm not a great cook. Also, HelloFresh is going to save me money. Uh, again, at this time of year, I'm normally ordering a lot of takeout just to be quick. But with HelloFresh, what I'm eating is going to be healthier than what I typically order for takeout. And HelloFresh's prices are 25 percent cheaper than takeout. So go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Dane more and use code 50Dane more for 50% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash the numbers 50Dane more and use code 50Dane more for 50% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Let's, uh, let's grab some of these questions here that Coop's putting up on the board. We have uh, Du Bois Austin S. says, Did it seem like Cat and others were nervous to fire the three ball off a catch? Felt like the Dominican Republic trigger was different uh, tonight. Yeah, I, I think there's, I think that's tied into confidence, right? To have spacing, you not only need to confidently shoot, you probably need to shoot them right quickly. Um, I think that's a, I think that's a, a good observation there. I didn't totally write that down my, myself. I, again, probably something I would need to look back at, but I know with Carl, it certainly wasn't Dominican Republic version of, of Carl where he was, looking to gun, you know, in that first stint. I know Ant was rolling a little bit, but it would have been nice to have, it would have been easy too to have a possession where in semi-transition, whatever, like Carl does kind of gun one. I, I think he did take a three early on, but it, he, but it, it wasn't that same nature, right? That we saw in FIBA from him. And that we, I think saw in, in the preseason. This is disgusting that I remember this, but he he missed his first two because Grady was really pointed out that then he hit his third one. He was one for three. Then he missed his next six to go one for nine, and then he hits that one with point three seconds left. But um, yeah, that would be one thing. Is like okay, missed his first two. I don't if I'm Finch or whatever. I don't think a Carl Anthony Towns three pointer. No more context for you. That's it. Is a bad shot, <laughs> right? Like I just think if that man has the laces lined up, let it fly. So I would hope, and you've been on this for a while, it's like he, he's never been the type to just, I'm 0 for 7, but watch me take this eighth one. He's going to like drive or pass or do something else. Like just continue to let it fly because that is what opens this up. And That's, be confident in right. your off the dribble three-point game. You know, I always do yeah, this step yeah. back thing, but it, it, it isn't only that. It can be a – like being a motion three-point shooter as a big is extremely rare. I was listening to some point this preseason, uh, Kevin Pelton and Zach Lowe talking about Wemby and Chet and how what can make them so special is the fact that they are fives who can shoot the three and that they can do it off the bounce. And and both of them are like, no other big in the league can do that. And in my head immediately, I'm like, well, I know Carl can do that. I know Carl doesn't do that. Right. That might be the bag he has to get into when the other things aren't working or he's not getting a shot and might particularly when he's playing the four out there with Rudy in the dunker spot, that might not be like put your head down and get all the way to the rim time. And if a swing isn't there, whatever, like I don't mind if it's decisive and confident to make that a bigger part of his game. It's, I've been saying this for three, four years. I I think that is the next horizon for Carl as a three-point shooter is more volume as an off the dribble. Like we're not, I'm not saying sitting there cross, cross, cross. I'm saying like one dribble, bam, step to the side. You, you've taken the shot in half a second. Like this, this isn't him turning into James Harden. It's him turning into Carl Anthony Towns. We are, he already is. I, I, Change I, your face. I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, this is a good one from Jordan Wilhelmy, uh, and maybe something you can give us 
a small answer to now and, and marinate on for tomorrow with Britt, but how does Finch not institute running more offensive sets to get easier shots, especially during that chaotic yeah. third quarter? Good, is it on the players, or is, it, is he poor at getting through to them? I don't think it's that, and I'm not just being pro-Finch. I, I think it's got to be on the players a little bit, right? Like, you can't. I, always... I don't know, man. That was less structured than we were pitched. Okay. okay. I, I think so. Again, okay. probably go back and watch it more. I saw out of timeouts. I saw at the beginning of quarters a, a scripted action for sure, a structured action. Um, way probably too much for, for my liking, way too much flow and figure it out, you know? Um, again, another thing that looked like the beginning of last season, where I, I mean, a couple different pieces you got Mike out there instead of D'Lo, but like, I, I do not think they found the balance of structure versus flow in, in that game at all because I felt like the, the, the structure element was just not really there. I go back to, again, my take, and then I'm going to cook dinner, is that they just missed a lot of shots. And it's an 82-game season. It's not trying to spin it or anything. It's just they shot – I mean, if, if shooting the piss out of the ball is good, they shot the shit out of the ball which is bad, and just got to recover on Saturday. But I also think it's kind of poetic that there were there were moments in this game where everything felt a little more controlled, and I wasn't as nervous. And that's when Mike Conley and or Kyle Anderson was on the court, right? You would agree? And those are the two guys that for people that are subscribing to the YouTube channel, and you did a whole cap breakdown the other day of, what the Jaden extension means and who are the two guys most likely kind of on the burner. We got to get your Jaden takes. Well, I'm just, you know, Kyle, when Kyle and Mike are out there, things are controlled. There seems to be a lot of structure and they get really good shots. Those are two guys that I cannot say with a bullet are part of the long-term plan, (laughs) right? Just because of their age. So it has to be Ant. It has to be Carl Jaden. When he gets back in the mix, um, but you have those two guys. you got to figure out how to play them. I don't know if you can play Mike and Kyle at the same time. But, yeah, I think it's a really good question because there just wasn't a lot of – there's a lot of dribbling the ball. It just didn't look like anything in the preseason. As someone said in the chat, it looked a lot like last season, especially when it was really rough early on. So is this like game 26 of the big experiment and they still need a little more time? Maybe, right? Or is, are you starting to find, again, at the top, like I said, where everything can work and all the pieces can click? except when you put that five-man lineup out there. Mm-hmm. Um, we got James Evans here. Rudy running the floor hard was a great sign, but will he keep that up all year? I will say from having talked to some people in the organization, that is a huge point of emphasis. And like with Rudy in particular, because that is going to open up things for this team and it's going to open up more easy uh, opportunities for, for Rudy offensively himself, where, again, the, you don't need to script shots for him if he's just running. He's gonna he's gonna get a handful of those. So to answer James's question, I think yes. I, I would I would bet on Rudy being running the floor significantly more uh than he did last season because I know that's a point of emphasis and I have heard that's something that Rudy's pretty uh on board for there as well. Coop, there was another question from uh Chris Lupos that was that was also about Rudy. I, I started I started reading it and I was like, that's a good question that we were talking about. Did you guys notice the bounce? Oh yeah, there we go. The bounce in Rudy's step that he didn't have less last season. I definitely did. I will say. <laughs> I have a hand up. Ahead. I'd like to answer that, Chris. Yeah, yeah you go ahead. Uh, Cause I think you and I might've had a, a little spit about that uh, or a spat 
spit spat uh, earlier this October. Um, Ru- Rudy Gobert is more athletic and healthier than he was last year. I also agree with your nuanced take that it also comes down to being a little more comfortable, right, with his teammates, with the, the system and all that stuff. But back to the last question, he just looks springier and he was running in transition more. And not, that's all stuff to say, like, that's good. That just makes me feel good that if this is a – I mean, I just honestly thought Rudy was pretty awesome tonight. He plays a position that he's going to get dunked on or have embarrassing moments, you know, like like any cornerback who's up against a really good wide receiver. But I thought he was really good tonight, and I thought his athleticism looked different than it did to start last season. So that's like a, a small victory, right? It's like if this is – what did you just say? They want him to start sprinting in transition both ways yeah. more. I thought that was – a positive and something to monitor like is he still doing this on december 10th is he still right. doing this on february 2nd yeah i i think too to the is he healthier and because if he's healthier he looks springier and you know more athletic um i also believe that with more trust and confidence in those around mm-hmm. him on both sides of the floor he's just going to look that way more and i would say to anybody listen to this and you could blocks aren't always the best way to to look things up but i know you could just go click on for like the however many blocks he had (laughs) that was crazy but but look at his surrounding teammates and he's not freaking out about what they're doing behind him right and that is what gets you to go for a shot to go block it to contest it to do to do those sort of things it wasn't just the blocks they were a great defensive half court team again like they were last season they can be the good half court team that they've been since Rudy been here defensively and he can block some more shots to lead to some more intimidation. That's going to be an elite defensive team. And I I think tonight, again, that was an encouraging element from that of something going forward. Shout out, shout out to Aaron Harkis, who has a really good, um, we're going to, again, please subscribe. If you are on YouTube right now, appreciate everyone still hanging out. We're going to try to do more of these, right? You're going to have other better more trained guests on i know throughout the season as well too but uh this is fun when you and i aren't, aren't going to the game to just hop in right now and For fan sure. feedback and just stuff but we are missing out on certain things like post-game quotes and stuff yeah. Ant's post-game quote started with me not moving the ball i don't know what i was doing tonight but i'll get back to it we'll be all right self-awareness but now we need to see him act on it uh was aaron's final comment and uh yeah i mean that, that there was one possession where uh ant and shake milton dribbled the ball for 24 seconds I think Finch called the timeout right after that in the first. Like, it just wasn't. It seemed like Ant was really trying to get his, which is great because he's a volume scorer and he's one of the best in the league to be able to get his. But it just again, it's just the trust, man. It's the trust yep. that if you get off it, it's going to come back to you. We saw so much of that in the preseason, whether it was Ant or anyone else. The ping, ping, ping plays, you know. And where were, where were those tonight? They they weren't there, and I think it was because as great as Ant was to start the game with the first 10 points, it did. they did not establish early an intent to be a heavy ball movement team, right? So what, What? what's again, what's that balance there for them? If you want Ant to get his, but Ant probably needs to trust that if he gets off of it, it's going to come back to him. And then if and when it does come back to him, it's not going to be with five defenders just looking at him, right? Yeah. You know, he's going to have one guy to beat and maybe another guy at the rim. Like, I, I think, yeah, I, I think it starts with him trusting early ball movement. It, it's not like it's not like Ant being a point guard necessarily. Does that make sense? It's not necessarily no, him like moving the ball to get someone else a shot. It's him moving the ball to start the ball mm-hmm. moving. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Yeah, it's like throwing it around the horn or something, right? It's not like yeah. it's not like it has to be ant to the first baseman. It's like trying to get the ball to someone else and then gets to you. The bench had as many assists tonight, ten, as the Wolves starters. Again, I, I'm I'm just not in basketball shape yet, but I don't remember seeing that a lot. Like I've, I really don't remember a lot of times when a game doesn't go into overtime that a team mm-hmm. had a hundred field goal attempts. I also don't remember a lot of times where three and just Troy, not even full Troy Brown Jr. because he played five minutes, yeah. had the same amount of assists. So uh, that's a tough one. Again, to lose that on the road against a, a team that's probably going to be better than most people think. I, I know we're not going to really talk about the Raptors much, but I kind of like them, especially their five-man lineup. I forgot that Gary Trent was on the team still, so yeah. he comes in, gives them a little something. But uh, that's a winnable game, and will you kick yourself about it down the road? Maybe. I mean, I, I don't think this was a must-win six days before October, but you do want to eliminate some of that same stuff that made people doubt you last season at this time when it looks so herky-jerky. To the assists thing, I, that was at halftime. The, the Wolves only had seven assists. And you know, listen to the halftime show or just going on Twitter, then there's a lot of only seven assists, ball movement, this and that. Yeah, the ball movement could have been better, but they also were doing a terrible job of finishing around the basket. I, I looked yeah. it up at, at halftime. They were 10 of 28 from within 14 feet of the basket. So that's basically like floaters and, and at the, I mean, that they're a 60% team from, from that range, you know? So some of these, like some of the issues with this game are just solved. I think by earlier on in the game, making some shots, you mm-hmm. know, I think the mm-hmm. ball movement is better. I think you get your assist numbers up because then when the ball movement isn't there, you're not getting this. It, it, it is a snowball effect thing. I, I believe ball movement and, and finding your teammates and they did find their teammates. Some those guys just weren't making the buckets uh, around the basket. And, and maybe those weren't like direct assists, but it was like putting a guy in a position to take one or two dribbles and go get a good look at floater range. And they just, were not, you know, to, to my memory, at least. I, not I did like that. that question, though. That's something I'm going to think about <laughs> now, is that we know how Finch wants to play basketball. We know how Finch, what Finch believes basketball should be played like. It's one of the reasons he wasn't a D'Lo guy, because D'Lo would, you know, dribble the hell out of the ball. Um, when the ball is getting stagnant for stretches of time in a game, is it be, is it, who is it, who are we going to blame? Is it on the players? that are out there with the ball or is it on Finch for not giving structure as you've been stressing for seven years of covering this team. So something to monitor moving forward for sure, because that was kind of a bugaboo for them tonight as well. Let's uh, let's wrap this up by talking, by talking about Jane McDaniel's uh, extension, just because you haven't been on here um, <laughs> since that, that has happened. Obviously I've talked Weird about it time a little for me bit. to get happy and celebrate, but yeah. <laughs> well, it's the end of the episode. Okay. Let, let me give you this. I was thinking, thinking more about the extension in, in the time. And like I've said, I think the number is really, is a really good number. I, I it's yeah. lower, it's, it's lower than what I thought. And to use a former wolf as an example, um, I thought of this today. I think it's going to age like the Robert Covington contract. You remember oh. that? Like when he signed, oh. when he signed in Philly, it was like four years, 45 million. And, and Covington, which just became this awesome, you know, three and D player. And he, that because he was on that contract was why 
not that the Jim Butler trade was a good trade for the Wolves or any like when they traded him away, but he was the central piece coming back in the Butler trade because Cove was a good player, but on a very good contract. And and then again, the Wolves flipped Cove like a year and a half later, right at the at the deadline, and they traded that again, same contract about 11, 12 mil a year for two first round picks. And, you know, Jaden making 22 now is a little bit different than Cub making 11. It's not a huge difference. The cap has gone up by like 130% or whatever, or is up 30%. Um, I just would be really surprised if this contract doesn't become a, a pretty big value for it, for the Wolves. And, and sometimes I say the Bridges thing and I get pushback on that. Um, where I'm like, okay, Bridges signed his contract. Now it's this massive value deal. And people are like, well, it's because Bridges went and became like the dude on another team. And now he looks like an all-star. Of course, he's worth more than $20 million. Um, so I, I say Covington to bring up like it in between there of Bridges um, at, or Jaden being somewhere in between Bridges and Covington. And I would just point out that both were treated as massive values and I would point out that Jaden has a hell of a lot more game than Covington did in terms of like being able to do more things. Like Cub was pretty much just a three-point shooter offensively. Mm-hmm. And defensively, he was a great off-ball defender. Great off-ball defender. Was not like a lockup guy at the point of attack. Like I think Jaden is great at the point of attack. I think Jaden can be really, really good off-ball as a defender. And we're anticipating, but I feel pretty confident saying he's going to have a hell of a lot more offensive game over these next six years he's under contract for. Um, we're going to see so much more offensive game there. So that's a really long way of me asking you about what you think about McDaniel's extension. I just want to say that I really do no, think I love this that. is going to be a, a major value. I think the cool thing about what we're doing now or anytime we hop on YouTube is that I just want the fans or the people in the comments to know that I trust you wholeheartedly and that ron burgundy stuff whatever you put on the chat i'm going to believe but uh, i think i think jackson bros is right on this that one of those first they got in a covington trade hmm. became Jaden. so yeah the circle of life uh <laughs> we come back to it uh no I, i'm with you i mean again if you haven't checked it out in this youtube channel last time i'll pimp it out is that you're going to be doing some just complete youtube stuff mm-hmm. uh this will be on apple and spotify tomorrow morning this podcast but you did a really good i think 12 minutes where you just for nerds like me, just talked basketball and Microsoft Excel, which are my two favorite things. And you broke down exactly where this deal fits in. And again, even just by not being, I don't know, 150 instead of being 131 without the bonuses, that really matters over five years. Uh, So an incredible value. I'm with you. Um, I, I thought from a national perspective, the deal when it was announced was about what I thought the national perspective would be. Uh, There's a there's a really smart person who covers the league that tweeted out, I like Jalen McDaniels, dot, 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 but, dot, dot, dot. Didn't even get the name right. Classic. Um, but my other thing was, too, and again, not a great night for this take. Uh, I just didn't love other national people or whatever being like, like the Jaden McDaniels extension was big. You and I both did not think it would happen before the deadline, but we weren't concerned about it not getting done. Um, but for it to happen in the moment and for your first reaction whether you be someone from the ring or whatever, to be like, all right, who's going to trade for Carl? I just think that's kind of loser mentality. And again, we we kind of were down on Carl tonight, didn't have a great game, but I don't, I think you did a really good job of painting the picture of like, 
you might trade Carl, you might trade Rudy, you might trade Nas, but I just don't, I don't know, man. It's like, you've been to my place a couple of times out here. I have a one stall garage, right? Like if, and I have, I have a Jeep that I share with my wife. Shout out, I live, I ride, I am. But if I just like won another car, my first reaction wouldn't be like, well, I got to get a bigger house or I got to get two garages. It's like, I don't know. What if street parking works? Or like, what if we do tandem and we park one in front? Like, I just think that was a really lazy way to celebrate what was a really good moment and a really good value for a player who, yeah, I still don't think a lot of people know who he is and they confuse him with his much less talented brother. But mm-hmm. uh, that was a big thing. And one thing that I keep coming back to in the last 48 hours since that deal was announced and I'll ask you because you're the cap expert, but you also talk to so many executives and everyone around the team. I wonder how much it helps to have that number locked in now. Yeah, I saw some people bring that up somewhere. I don't remember where I saw that. Um, yeah, that, that is you know what I, I mean. I, I, I don't really think about that. Like to where, enter where, next... to, to know to know what Jaden's number is now allows you to, which I'm sure that front office is already doing, like get the ball rolling. Um, when thinking about what are the financial steps we're going to take around this to be able to navigate the fact that we have, I think the number is Rudy, Cat, Ant, and Jaden are going to make 155 next year when the salary cap's going to be like 142. You know, like it, it, so you throw Nas in there, that's one. 70 it's like the luxury tax line you know um it yeah they, they have to be considering different options and and like breaking news that's what front offices do all the time is talk about considering making moves with their roster like the same way you do on your fantasy football like oh you know i need a little bit of rb2 help we're a little loaded at wide receiver you know like that is a big part of the nature of that job. So of course they're considering things that could potentially happen in a year when this team does get ridiculously uh, expensive, but they don't know what that is. They don't know what path that is to change. And they're, and one of the paths is not changing and is like, run it back, run it back to her, you know, (laughs) shout out Jake Kelly and fire shirts today. (laughs) I saw those. Um, you know, there, there are options to be taken here in terms of paying the luxury tax. One thing I, I talked about there was like, yeah, you can't live in the second apron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that past was really, the second yeah. apron, but you could do it for a year. Now, a lot of that's going to come down to like our A-Rod and Lori cool with like cutting that $50 million luxury tax. And those are the elements of this we I, don't know. Like, yes, Sham said they're committed to paying the luxury tax. Well, no shit. They have five players who put them over the luxury tax. They can't not be over the luxury tax. There's such a difference between being over the luxury tax team and being over the second apron. The penalties financially are so much more severe, and the roster construction ones are, are and- more severe as well, particularly if you are above that line for multiple seasons, which, where the Wolves are trending right now. They are trending towards being an above the second apron team for multiple years unless they make cost-cutting moves like trading someone or not bringing back Conley or Anderson. Well, I don't know, for people that follow business news, um, Mark Laurie just bought Blue Apron. So if Mark Laurie can afford Blue Apron, he can afford the second apron. 
uh, especially if this team shows. I know you, tonight, you've had that one in your back. No, I was just, <laughs> no, I, no, no, don't you. Uh, but no, back to the Jaden thing. I, I really thought I was shocked that it happened. I really was. Uh, we talk about this all the time offline. I was just shocked that it happened before the deadline. I was shocked at the number that it came in at because I had heard from other people that it was much higher than that even a week ago, whatever. So to, to bring him down, I think you and Jace did a really good job of being like, yeah, we love the player talking to his agents, but like, we're not just going to give you the, the world. We're not going to give you half of, you know, the United States. Um, but I, I started to think about, yeah, I wonder how much that's going to help with nights like tonight, right? This, this, the, the too big thing didn't work. But as they start to try to navigate what the next big domino is, and maybe that's at the trade deadline, maybe that's next summer, whatever, it just has to feel easier to navigate those dominoes when you already know, like, you're not also trying to yeah, fight yeah, off yeah. a max contract mm-hmm. offer that you have to match in restricted free agency. So that, too, was a big win. Um, it's a bummer that you go from the high of having them signed on Monday something I deemed the high watermark for this franchise since Kevin Garnett was traded, uh, that everything with the vibes were good, and then they just come out and play like absolute ass. But, uh, yeah, I, I I wonder what it would have been like tonight with Jaden. Uh, I hope that they're being just very precautious with him. I mean, he I was think, running I think, around. Uh, I think cardio is a okay. factor that makes that, in that. Yeah. Is, um, you know, he, it's not like he hasn't been working out or, or anything like that, but he's been doing the – one on zero drills, not the contact ones like that. Like there's a there's an element of like just needing to get back in five on five mm-hmm. shape that I, I think is I mean, whatever. Just anecdote. I, I watched his workout the the other day and it's like, yeah, you could kind of tell that was his first time like really getting after it in a mm-hmm. while because he's had the calf on ice, you know, to literally and I guess metaphorically. Um, so I I get that sense more that it's close. Um, I obviously everything has been very obscure with what the nature of that calf Shocker. injury was, but I would just um I don't know what's going on with the calf injury because they have intentionally not told us about that. Um I but I do know that there's an element of just as all injured players or guys who haven't been playing for a couple of weeks need to get that uh, cardio back in shape. So, you know, you buy yourself what three, four more days before mm-hmm. the the game on Saturday, the home opener uh, against Miami. I don't know, but I, w- I would guess that's very much on the table for him to, to return. And game shape is a real thing. You hear about that sure. in any sport. Um, but luckily he has been what he said this morning at his press conference. He's been carb loading. So he should have plenty of energy. Uh, just can he hit those cardio marks? Um, but yeah, a tough game to bring it all the way yeah. back. 97-94. One game. One game. Uh, we're going to be doing more of this. Shout out to Cooper Carlson, again, who is on the ones and twos here, putting out these comments. Uh, subscribe on YouTube. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, we appreciate you as well. Uh, hop you know, hop on the Patreon. We're, we're going to be giving out tickets yeah, to a lot too. of games. We're gonna be doing, I'm, we got a bunch of, bunch of tickets throughout the year, like, Saturday's going to be not lit. I'm sure what the number of games is, 20, 25 uh, games that we're going to be giving away. Unfortunately, not for the Saturday game. But again, yeah, Wednesday uh, against Denver, which I, I don't want to say it's going to be more fun than the, the home opener against Miami. The the opponent, I, I think, will be more interesting uh, to to play and watch. So again, it's going to be interesting, too. I, I don't know how I didn't know this already, but they obviously host the Heat on Saturday. I hope everyone gets to go. That place is going to be bananas. But that'll be the first it'll be a back to back for the Miami Heat. Yeah. They'll play in Boston mm-hmm. the night before. So, mm-hmm. God, who knows what 
we already creative injury reports the Heat might come up with. But uh, yeah, you know, you know, to uh, you lost a game you should have won. Like they definitely should have won this game. You did not shoot well. You did not make the little plays. Uh, but now you go home in front of the best fans in the world, in my opinion, and you you try to rebound from that and blow them out. Maybe you know what I mean. Like have a regression that's so. <laughs> past the mean it's like oh now we shot 64 percent from three uh progression yeah okay sure (laughs) um no so long season appreciate everyone in the chat appreciate everyone helping us out behind the scenes and uh now you get to talk to brit about it all again tomorrow yeah um i'll rewatch the game to tomorrow morning and hopefully find some things that didn't stick out to me uh at the moment and then also we'll get uh brit's thoughts uh off of off the game uh, there as well and kind of talk about the the NBA season uh, off and rolling. Kyle, I appreciate you doing it. Appreciate uh, all of you who listen to this live and those of you who are listening the, the next morning. It's uh, pod one of the season, which gets me excited and simultaneously anxious. <laughs> but I, I, I should be able to know. Huh? It's probably like 100 episodes at least over the, the course of we did like 20 this month. Yeah, it's probably 100, 120. That's disgusting. It is. That's if my therapies or my therapist listened to this, you did 20 podcasts that I, I helped produce and they had played one game. You made you had more podcasts in the month of October than Carl and Ann have made shots. That's disgusting. <laughs> Let's go home. Coop, shut it down. Uh, all right. He's uh, he's Kyle Taggy. Follow him on Twitter at Kyle Taggy. I'm Dane at Dane Moore MBA. I will talk to you tomorrow with Britt. Until then, peace out. I'm feeling better, I hope it never stops, yeah Green and hot so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah Hope you're dancing like nobody else around, yeah Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.